We want to share the Christ of Christmas to you in a way perhaps you've never experienced it before. Please don't sit back as a spectator. Rejoice along with us. Worship with us. Praise the Lord with us this morning as we present to you when the ultimate became the intimate.
You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as slimy as an eel, Mr. Scrooge. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. Very. Can you? That is pretty bad. You're a miser, Mr. Scrooge. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of hatred. You have sadness in your soul, Mr. Scrooge. I wouldn't touch you with a thirty-nine and a half foot pole. I hear you. Your vile one, Mr. Scrooge. You have termite. I don't have that, do I? I'm sorry. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Scrooge. Uh, given a choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. Oh, Phil, I'm telling you. That is just nasty. Makes me ill, Phil. I don't know if I like that. Really? Me. It does. I can't help it. You know he ate me, Mr. Scrooge. It's like in your stomach. You With know. a nauseous super You're a crooked turkey jockey and you drive a crooked horse. What does that mean? Mr. Scrooge. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with acidic sauce. You're a selfish one, Mr. Scrooge. You're a self-indulgent man. Your heart is full of greed and your soul is full of sin, Mr. Scrooge. Your soul is an appalling dump heap overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable, mangled up, entangled up now. That's complicated. It's really bad. Oh, Phil. You're a stingy one, Mr. Scrooge. Wait, I got one. You're a nasty, wasty skunk. Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Scrooge. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and we quote: stink, stank, stunk. We're out of here. Let's go. Christmas, happy holidays. Oh yeah. We 
we've been waiting all year for this night. When snow is glistening on the trees outside, all the stockings are hung by the fireside, waiting for a Santa to arrive. And all the love will show, cause everybody knows it's Christmas time and all the kids will see the gifts under the tree. It's the best time of year for the family. It's a wonderful feeling, the love in the room with the clothes to the ceiling. It's that time of year, Christmas time is here, that the blessings from above, God sent you his love. And everything's okay. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Oh, there's a monkey. It's time to scream and shout. Scream and shout. Everybody's playing because school's not so the special time we share Happiness is love is in the air And all the love will show Cause everybody knows It's Christmas time And all the kids will see The gifts under the tree It's the best time of year For the family It's a wonderful feeling With the love in the room From the floor to the ceiling it's that time of year, Christmas time is here, with the blessings from above, God sends you his love, and everything's okay, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays No matter what your holiday It's a time to celebrate Put your worries aside And open up your mind To the world right by your side It's Christmas time Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Happy Sing it everybody Merry Christmas. Come on now. Merry Christmas. Let me hear you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It's a wonderful feeling. In the love in the room from the floor to the ceiling. It's that time of year. Christmas time is here. With the blessings from above. God sends you his love. And everything's okay. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. The debut of our young adult ensemble. Our first debut song. What do you think? 
We're so glad you're here this morning to celebrate Christmas with us. Uh, have you got all your Christmas shopping done? Not even close? I've bought at least one for the boys, my twin grandsons. Do you remember your favorite Christmas presents when uh, you were a child? Uh, I do. Uh, those favorite Christmas presents were a Cape Canaveral rocket set, a fort with cowboys and Indians, a race car set, a remote control robot named Mr. Mercury. I still have them at home. Yeah. When I was five years old, my most favorite, favorite Christmas present that I had prayed Jesus to put under the tree that I had begged my parents to make sure that I would get for Christmas my most favorite gift and present when I was five years old was this a baby girl doll I must have been spending a lot of time with my mommy instead of my daddy. I don't need any Freudian analysis out there whatsoever. My parents bring this picture out every now and then uh, to, to uh, threaten me uh, with it. But uh, how about today? What are your most precious gifts today? My most precious gifts at Christmas time, when I look around the tree, is my dear wife Becky, the sweetheart of my life. My eldest daughter Julie, her husband Pastor Ryan, of course our grandchildren Jack, Logan, twin grandsons, and now our twin granddaughters June and Everly. And then there's my youngest daughter, Jenny, who's still at home, who we're praying. <laughs> that the Lord will give her the love of her life so she'll find another home. <laughs> oh, we love her desperately. We love her desperately. And then my son, who's a pastor in Southern California and his dear wife, Taryn. But every Christmas, there's a hole in my heart because John and his wife cannot be with us. Christmas time in the ministry, of course, is a very stressful time and uh, you're not doing a lot of flying around. And they can't be with us. And that separation causes me to think of what it must have been like for that first Christmas. For the Father, for God the Father, to say goodbye to His Son. Knowing that it would mean a, a lowly manger and a cruel cross. Think of it while Santa Claus supposedly comes down blackened, suit-ridden chimneys. Jesus came down into a dark, 
sin-ridden world. Why did he do it? How could God let this happen? Knowing that torture, suffering, rejection, and death awaited his son. The Bible says, and you know it so well, God so loved you, God so loved me, that He gave His only begotten Son. There's a Christmas song that touches my heart each time I hear it. It reminds me of a National Guard, Army soldier, a young dad who faithfully serves our country in Afghanistan. And that Christmas, he was not at home, but separated from his family, serving our country in that far-off nation. So that Christmas had been especially hard on his children. Their greatest prayer to Jesus was this, Dear Jesus, we're not asking for bicycles. We're not asking for video games. We're not asking for toys. We just want our daddy to be home for Christmas. They even wrote a letter to Santa Claus expressing that same Christmas wish. So there's a song every time I hear it. It reminds me of that story. Of a place I love even more than I usually do, and although I know it's a long road back, I promise you. I'll be home for Christmas You can count on me Please have snow And mistletoe And presents Under Christmas Eve will find me Where the love lights gleam I'll be home for Christmas 
If only in my dreams Oh, I'll be home for Christmas Yes, you can count on me So please have snow and mistletoe and presents under our tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love lights gleam. I'll be home for if only in my dreams If only in my you like for Christmas? Daddy home for Christmas. Well, let me see what Santa can do for that. Would you give it up this morning for our own major West Gideon. Praise the Lord. I'll be home for Christmas because Jesus was not home for Christmas. You and I are able to celebrate the Christ of Christmas. And it's meant all the difference for both time and eternity because Jesus decided not to be home for Christmas. Sing along with us this morning as we celebrate in song the spirit of Christmas.
creator indescribable indefinable incomprehensible God God for instance let me give you an example a new star has just been discovered this new star is the largest the most gigantic star that has ever been discovered through any earthly telescope or space-mounted satellite telescope. To show you how big this star is, our own sun, which is a star, is a million times larger than our planet. But this newly discovered star, which is called Ui Scuti, can you say that with me? Ui Scuti, it is five billion times larger than our own sun. Would you put that picture up, please? Yes. Ui Scuti, the largest known star in the universe. Its diameter is 2,642,900,000 miles. If you were to take a jet airplane, as many of us do each and every week, and fly at 600 miles per hour around this star and do just one orbit, how long would it take you to fly around this star in just one orbit? It would take you more than 1,500 years to just fly around this star just once at 600 miles an hour. And think of it. There are trillions upon trillions of stars in the known universe. How many galaxies in our universe? It was thought just a hundred years ago that the entire Milky Way galaxy was the universe. Then with the Hubble Space Telescope, we discovered there's more than a hundred billion galaxies. Now we know that the known universe with the latest, greatest satellite technology, now since November of 2016, we now know that there are more than 2 trillion galaxies in the known universe, each with a hundred billion billion stars within them. What does it all add up to? Our God is a big God. He's a really big God. He is the ultimate creator, the master of the universe, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, a big God. He's big enough to move any mountain. He's big enough to pull down any stronghold. No wonder the psalmist said in Psalms 19 verse 1, The heavens declare the glory 
of God. So as we look at our ultimate God, as we look at the vastness of the universe that reveals His ultimate nature, like the psalmist, we can say in Psalms 8, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them.
Emmanuel. How do we know that such an ultimate God cares about us? Who in the vastness of His creation are really less than a speck of dust? Well, you see, that's the story of Christmas. You see, Christmas means that the ultimate has become the intimate. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 declares, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, say it with me, God with us. That should be the theme of every Christmas prayer, at every Christmas dinner, at every Christmas home, here at Lakeside, that God is with us. Emmanuel. Yes. Christmas reminds us that our Emmanuel is with us, with you. When you feel like a failure at school, at work, at home, He's with you when you feel like everybody's giving you the silent treatment or talking behind your back on Facebook and you're so ashamed, you're so embarrassed. He's with you when the one who said to you, till death do us part, is now saying till divorce do us part. He's with you when you're overwhelmed by the nausea of chemo or radiation and you just can't take anymore. He's with you. He's with you when you feel so burdened down with guilt and shame and sin and you've really blown it. He comes to you as you say, I'm a sinner. He says, I'm your Savior. I'm with you. I'm your Emmanuel. Emmanuel. He's here with us this morning to meet you at your point of need. Emmanuel. He's the ultimate God who's big enough to pull down any stronghold to face any giant and conquer it. He's big enough to heal from cancer. He's big enough to heal any marriage and marital mess. He's big enough to make fragmented families whole. He's big enough to carry your burdens this morning, to understand your pain, to understand your griefs. You see, no one understands like Jesus. So you see, Christmas is really a surprise story. Jesus wasn't what the world expected, but what the world needed. Emmanuel, God with us.
y'all stand and join the choir. How great our joy. Christmas. What would our world be like if there had never been a Christmas? Do you realize that most of the world's greatest music, art, architecture, literature, the culture of our world is because of Christmas? And it would be all gone. Jesus is the inspiration for most of the world's music, literature, and art. If there had been no Christmas, public education, health care, disaster relief organizations, hospitals would be non-existent. Read your world history. It was Christians that started the first hospitals. Christians still today sponsor the most relief, emergency, disaster, relief organizations more than any other, just as we sponsor Convoy of Hope. A world without Christmas. Can you imagine? Worst of all, in a world without Christmas, there'd be no hope. There'd be no hope. You and I would remain guilty. We would be still in our sins. This life would be all that there is. Heaven, heaven would post a no vacancy sign. We would not have a hope or a home in heaven. But because of Christmas... Jesus was not only gently laid in a manger, he was cruelly laid upon a cross. Jesus, he paid a debt he did not owe. 
We owed a debt we couldn't pay. We needed someone to take our sins away. Our Emmanuel, our Jesus was that someone. Christmas reveals Jesus as our eternal sacrifice for our sins. The Bible calls that sacrifice in John chapter 1 the Lamb of God. For behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That Lamb, the Christ of Christmas.
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Emmanuel. Emmanuel reveals our Jesus as not just our Savior, but my Bible and your Bible says that he was born king. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. There came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Let there be no doubt. Jesus was not elected king. Jesus was not appointed king. Jesus is not waiting for his inauguration day. Jesus was born king and he remains king of kings and lord of lords.
Emmanuel was both Savior and King. But on that Bethlehem morning, what did the wise men really see? They didn't see a palace. They did not see a temple. The trappings of royalty were absent. They were missing. In fact, the only thing that the wise men saw was a peasant couple and a poor little baby that was wrapped up in strips of cloth that had been torn from Mary's robe. All the trappings of royalty were missing. So how did the wise men respond? Did they go by what they saw? Or did they go by what they knew? Matthew 2.11 And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and what? Worship Him. I want you to see here that before Jesus would ever reign upon a throne, by faith, by faith, by faith, the wise men worshipped Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, their worship, their praise to Jesus is a powerful faith principle that I don't want you to miss this morning. You see, you and I are called to praise, to worship, to thank the Lord before the miracle, not after the miracle. Oh yes, so many thank the Lord and praise Him after the healing, after the prayer is answered, after the miracle. But God is especially delighted when we lift up holy hands and in the face of the invading darkness, in the face of cancer, in the face of, of, of unemployment, in the face of even possible divorce, we lift up our hands and, and say, Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I don't know how. I don't know when. But Lord, I know this. Somehow, some way, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to worship you now. I'm going to praise you now. 
that's the kind of journey that your pastor has been walking with Larry and Sherry Martin. Larry and Sherry have been members of this church longer than I have, and I've been here almost 32 years. Larry and Sherry have faced something that we never ever think will come knocking on our door cancer. It first started out as bladder cancer for Larry. Then it was lung cancer. Then the cancer moved to his brain. Last April, last April, he was pronounced absolutely clean from cancer. After radiation, chemo, pronounced clean. But then a month ago, a month ago, they got the dire news. After brain seizures, and I witnessed one of them in emergency, they told the couple the cancer had returned. It was a fast, growing, aggressive cancer. And I'll never forget the morning of December the 4th of this month. That Monday morning, my phone rang in the office, and a woman was crying on the other end. It was Sherry Martin, and she said, Pastor, oncology has just walked into the hospital room and right in front uh, of Larry oncology has told me there's no hope you might as well call in hospice we've done all that we can do you better get your affairs in order what do you say to somebody that calls you on the phone Sherry is asking me, Pastor, what should I do? They've given up on him. They've written him off. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit quickened to me the prayer of King Jehoshaphat. And I began praying with her. The prayer of King Jehoshaphat. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And we prayed the prayer of faith. And I heard Sherry praising the Lord on the other end of the phone. 30 minutes, exactly 30 minutes later, the phone rings. Pastor, pastor, out of nowhere, a neurosurgeon has walked into our room and he has said, I'm going to give this young man another shot. He's only 59 years old. We're going to have surgery on Monday and get that cancer out of him. Hallelujah. It was a dramatic turnaround. The doctor said, I don't care what oncology says. We're going to have surgery. That week, it was prayer after prayer, miracle after miracle. 
he developed a blood clot in his lungs which would void surgery we prayed and God took care of it and surgery was still scheduled for Monday, December the 11th his platelet count his blood platelet count was down we prayed God voided that surgery was still scheduled the day of surgery we laid hands upon Larry Martin and there as Sherry is holding my hand and thanking Jesus and praising the Lord that he is the God of miracles Christmas miracles I said Father even before surgery you can remove this cancer You can heal Larry from cancer. Less than an hour later, Larry went into surgery. The surgery upon his brain lasted no more than an hour. The neurosurgeon came out and told Sherry, I opened your husband up and I can see no cancer. No cancer. The MRI said cancer. The CAT scan said cancer. Oncology said cancer. But then God said no cancer. Hallelujah. They took out a mass of blood that the radiation treatments had caused. Took that out. Larry is still coming out of the fact that he has had two brain surgeries. And it takes the body quite a while to recuperate. We still need your prayers that this living miracle would be a lasting miracle to the glory of God, our Emmanuel, hallelujah, Savior and King. So this morning, when you walk with this kind of God confidence, you're able to say, I don't have to wait for my financial need to be uh, blessed. I'm going to praise you now. I don't have to wait for my healing to come. I'm going to worship you now. (laughs) I'm not going to wait for my marriage miracle. Lord, I'm going to praise you now. Before the Jericho walls come crashing down, I'm going to give a shout of faith. No matter what you're facing this Christmas, no matter what you're going through, Christmas calls us to worship Him now. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till He appeared 
and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
Christ the Lord. Do you realize that Christmas, as we begin to wrap up this morning, is the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies? Think of it. As we've closed the books, or about to, on 2017, this Christmas, for the first time, our president, a president of the United States, has declared Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel. This is fulfillment of prophetic prophecy. The signs of the times are all around us. Some of those signs are very dark and very negative, like the moral meltdown, the X-rated society that we see all around us. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. I will come again. I will come again. I remind you, the first time that Jesus came, he came as a babe in a manger, surrounded by donkeys and goats. The next time he comes, uh, he'll be on a milk-white stallion, riding in victory throughout the clouds of glory. The first time he came, he was nailed to a cruel cross. The next time he comes, uh, he will step down on the Mount of Olives and walk into the United Nations and say, I'm in charge now. The first time, the first time he came, he was ridiculed before Herod. He was dressed up like a clown and dragged before Pilate to be whipped, tortured, and spat upon. The next time he comes, Herod will bow before him. Pilate will bow before him. Even old Slewfoot, the devil, Satan, will bow before him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords for he who was born King uh, is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we shall behold him the sky shall Unfold, preparing his entrance. The stars shall applaud him with thunders of
This morning, at the conclusion of the service, pastors and elders will be down here in front. Lay ministers will be available. If you need special prayer, maybe you need a Christmas healing, a Christmas miracle. And the greatest miracle of all 
is a life that's changed, rearranged by the love, the grace of Jesus. I'd ask you to come forward after the end of the service and receive prayer and watch what God can do in bringing you the greatest miracle of all this Christmas. I want to speak a blessing upon you. If I don't see you before Christmas, I wish you and the choir behind me, we all wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Next Sunday, again, one-hour services, four of them, all day long, three in the morning, one in the evening. Join us for Christmas Eve. Let me speak a blessing upon you right now. Father, we thank you that we sense the presence of Emmanuel among us here this day. Lord, we ask that the grace of the Father and the love of the Son, Christ Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be upon one and all. Lord, we pray that the Christ of Christmas will bless each home represented. Amen and amen.